0: They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League.
1: They combine for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in. Episode 58, Train and Gross, we're coming to you as always, or as usual, I All should right. say, from Train Station Studio That's right. in a chilly Phoenix, Arizona, the Monday chilly. after Christmas. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. Appreciate you tuning in, mm-hmm. finding us. And uh, fellas, it's great to see you again after the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, do we make the official announcement we've signed a corporate sponsor?
2: Uh, not tri- yet. Let's hold it. Are you sure? Yeah, let's just wait a while. Shout uh. out
1: to Janet Jackson. All right, I was going to say, I can't, come on. (laughs) What do you got? I was just going to say, the the Train of Gross podcast is brought to you by?
0: Apple Fritters? The Apple Fritter. Yeah. And not just like any specific company, like just the Apple Fritter.
1: The Apple Fritter. And
0: it always will be.
1: All right. Are you happy, Sean Cressman? Yeah, you made my holiday season, man. That (laughs) thing. I got here, I put the bag on the table, and I didn't tell him B-Train what was in it. He's doing his thing, he's like. The apple fritter Smelled in there. it. He smelled. I saw it, bro. I was like, hey, <laughs> "What's
0: was in that, that? Is, apple fritters?" Is, in there?
2: Is, is that the magical fritter right there?
0: <laughs> he was like, "Have you seen the Chappelle skit talking about the uh, purple drink? I <laughs> oh, some of
2: that purple stuff."
0: This B tray looking at that bag. I want that
2: bag. Hey, I had food that I brought in. <laughs> food got tossed. Aside. Did it? Yeah, I put this oh, off. Cast yeah. aside apple
1: fritter. The
2: apple Fritter mm-hmm. is the MVP brother.
1: Shout out to Jessica Kurga. We were at uh, at Christmas doing White elf and all uh-huh. that and uh, she somehow the apple fritter came up and she she nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. She Thank said it. it's
2: perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. a pastry, it's a fruit. Awesome sauce. Right? All so the there above. you
1: go. And then also Sean Crespin thought of you. Yes. Uh, how'd your holiday go? And how much did you re- how much did you end up re gifting this holiday okay, season? Okay, so I told you guys I'm wow. a habitual regifter, yeah, but you only
0: are. only with Gift cards that I'm not going to use. So, like, if it's something somebody put <clears throat> time, effort, mm-hmm. thought into, mm-hmm. saw something, and they were like, you know what, Sean would love this. I'm never going to, I would never re gift that. Okay. But a gift card, I think, is fair game. If you know, you're never going to use it. What are well, you going to put it in the drawer? You're going to throw it away? That's more disrespectful than anything, I think. So, anyway, if you say so. So, anyway, yeah. uh, only one, and you guys saw yeah. that transaction go down. So, that was the only one. All right. Uh, but I did do. A little market research for something you got a lot of flack for. I Mike did. Gross.
1: Unnecessarily, and for, I got flack. You
0: know, we do a White Elephant deal for my family just because we're all adults now. make it easier, right? Have some fun mm-hmm. with it. Uh, so we do White Elephant. And you caught a lot of flack for your full Oreo cookie dipping set, yep. which was complete with a cup with a Oreo cookie holder that went on the side and mm. tongs, tongs, so your fingers don't get wet. Tongs. You dip the cookie with the tongs, that's right? That's right. So you caught a lot of flack that's for a that. full set. I mm. thought that's not that terrible of an idea. Yeah, I'm going to do some market research. I purchased one off of Amazon to take up to the families for the white elephant gift. Wow.
1: And? Huge hit. There you go. Wow.
0: It was a hit. Well, with a couple people.
1: But wow. either way, well, the person who got it enjoyed it. Well, I was thinking of you when I saw this story about two brothers back in New Hampshire, and I remember this because I'm <laughs> a certain age. They used to have these these books, yes. filled with lifesavers, they fold uh, out all the different flavors. Yeah, yeah. Buddy. Probably four on one side, four on the other. <laughs> some of them you like, some of them you didn't. Don't feel bad. They had those when I was a kid too. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know how yeah. old that was. These brothers started. One brother bought the other brother this book of lifesavers back in 1987. Wow. And they've been re-gifting back and forth to each other. Since 1987. Since 1987. <laughs> this same package. Habitual re Of life sa- savers. I love it. And, and the one brother got it. And he, at first he got it as a joke thinking that, uh, you know, because he knew his brother didn't like it, so he just bought it. But then his brother hung on to it. And then, and then the madness started. And they've been giving it back and forth <laughs> since 1987. Do you know where you were in
2: 1987?
1: I know where I was. In, well, relative. I mean, generally speaking. I yes. was in the sixth grade. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we don't need to do this again. Right. I was, yeah, shut up. I I was six. I don't care. He was in the sixth grade. I was six. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I was a little older than that. I was I just, want, did just see me try to pivot off that oh, topic? Oh, you
2: tried to pivot so quick. Yeah, I remember. Anyway, so uh,
1: <laughs> I was in beautiful Denver, Colorado. Oh, wow. That's all I'll say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Six years old in the sixth grade. Uh-huh. So episode 58. Yeah. Who's the best number 58 you remember? I forgot to look at him because I'm bad with numbers. My, mine's easy. Derek what? Thomas. Without oh, even, without question. I don't know that it's I can Derek look Thomas. up
1: anything and top that.
2: Yeah. I mean, D- Derek Thomas, personal reason, Derek Thomas was one of the more influential players in my career. Mm. When I spoke to him at the Rookie Symposium in 97, He was the guy who gave me advice that day, and I took that advice with me the rest of my career. So to the late, great Derek Thomas, I appreciate you. uh, I love you, and I'm so very grateful. And if I hadn't told you guys, his mom was the real MVP. You did tell us this. When we used to go to Kansas City games, because his mom would prepare whole meals for the visiting team. That's so amazing. So we never left. Kansas City, we may have left with a few L's, Mm -hmm. but we always left with a full stomach full of really good food. So shout out to Derek Thomas, his lovely mother, and the whole Thomas family. For the
0: visiting team.
2: For the visiting team. That's awesome. Now, yeah.
0: Did you find out how that started?
2: I did not find out how it started. Because that's such a cool tradition. It is. It is. And and she was so very personable. She would hug every player. She would ask them how they're doing. And it was a genuine inquiry. It wasn't one of those – you know, superficial. Hey, how you doing? How's everything going? No, it was, Hey baby, how you doing? Are you feeling okay? Everything? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, just as sweet and, and wholesome as she wanted to be. And, and I, it, that, that impacted me more than anything. I will never forget that. And, uh, she, she will always have a special place in my heart. Number two, fifty eight, is one of my other friends, the late Grady, Elijah Alexander, who, uh, who passed away from, uh, myeloma cancer. And, um, I still keep in touch with, with his lovely uh, widow, uh, Miss Kimberly. How you doing, Miss Kimberly? Good to see you. And uh, she's, a, she's a supporter of the show. And, um, Love him. And, you know, me and him go back because he's from Texas. He's from Texas. He was a teammate in Indianapolis when I first was drafted. He was kind of like the big brother for me. And uh, gone too soon. Can, can I say that, you know,
1: I, look, I usually look it up before the podcast. We were a little focused on the uh, apple mm-hmm. fritters beforehand. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, of course, you mentioned Derek Thomas. Uh, there's three guys that wore number 58 from the NFL in the Hall of Fame. Derek Thomas, of course, of course. at the top of the list. But right behind, Jack Lambert wore number 58. No, much uh,
2: respect to Jack Lambert.
1: Absolutely. Max Speedy wore number 58. But then guys who uh, were not yet in the Hall of Fame or, or haven't made the – Wilbur Marshall, Von Miller. Jesse Tuggle. How is Wilbur Marshall not in the Hall of Fame? Carlos Dansby, your former teammate. <laughs> Los Dizzle. Uh, so, a lot of guys that, that wore number 58. Yeah,
2: Mac uh, and Lobster. Wow. There's some good names. There's some great names. 58 was one of those numbers that it, it, it served well. There's even some offensive line. I remember my rookie year, a guy by the name of Jay Lewinberg. Right there on my – that was coming next. Jay Lewenberg. He's my teammate in Indianapolis. I mean, who also – one of my teammates was, was Jim Harbaugh that year. So, you know, that kind of puts a little date on myself. But uh, <laughs> there, there, were, there were some guys who were 58 who represented very well. Eric Hill. Eric Hill. Another guy. Absolutely. There some, go. some good numbers. So There we go. We're we're we good uh, people, I should say, in that number. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we got
1: we to get into it. NFL talk. We'll start mm. here. Home team. Uh, mm. And I think I'm sure we'll cover this uh, as a package deal at some point. But uh, bad day for, as a sporting sports fan Man, from Phoenix a sporting fans. standpoint. Phoenix. If fans. you're a Phoenix fan,
2: how you how you doing out there, Phoenix fan? You get a day on national TV. <laughs> both
1: sports. Both yeah, home. like
2: all day you were on national TV.
1: Phoenix was the epicenter of the uh, the holiday broadcast, and both teams came away with a loss. Yeah, they took L's home and and, and Monty Williams called the Suns out said, hey, this is he, – and this is something – he's very judicious mm-hmm. in the way that he sends messages through the media. And he was very clear about the fact that he wasn't happy with the effort put forth by the Suns on Christmas Day. And you made a good point when we were talking beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, not, and, and we're not – look, we're, this is not a doomsday thing. It was just – in comparison to what we have been used to right. since Monty Williams got here. Mm-hmm. But you talked about the effort from the Suns back in the day during the dark days, during the years that we missed the postseason.
2: Yeah, as soon as Steve Nash and, and that crew left, once that fun and gun left, it, it, it was depressing. Going to a Suns game or even thinking about the Phoenix Suns yeah. was very, very depressing. And I know uh, for coach Monty Williams, I know the effort is going to always be something that is near and dear to his heart because that's how he made his career. When he was at Notre Dame and when he played in the NBA, that was his thing. That was his calling card. He was an effort guy. He was going to give you everything that he had. And for somebody to not take advantage of the gifts that they've been given as far as natural athletic ability, mm-hmm. yeah, he has he has a real problem with it because he knows what it took for him in order to get to where he's gotten thus far in his career.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And – Uh, We'll see. And we'll get into the Suns a little bit later on. And then uh, fast forward to the evening game. And, uh, you know, I thought the the effort might have been a little bit because I questioned it. I asked you a a very specific question about Mm -hmm. the effort Mm -hmm. by the Cardinals Mm -hmm. last Sunday when they were in Detroit. Saturday night in Glendale, I don't know if it was an effort so much, but the execution was Mm -hmm. awful. I mean, you you just look at – I mean, start with the kicking game. Special teams, really, when we've talked about things with the Arizona Cardinals this season – Special teams hasn't come up much, and no. they usually only come up if it's bad. Right. And and you talked about in your career coaches that emphasis emphasized special teams and those who didn't. And yeah. when it wasn't emphasized, it was very obvious. It was always obvious. Um, in this case, I think again, you know, this this year for the most part, it's been pretty good. But Matt Prater, he he left nine points on the field.
2: And you talk about Andy Lee not being available yeah. because of, because of COVID. I don't think that that had a lot to do with it because, hey, we're all professionals out there. You all have something to do, and you have a job to that you're paid very well to go and do. And so to go out there and, and say one guy affected your ability to focus, mm-hmm. I have a huge problem with that. You've got one job as a kicker, yeah. one job. Just like Andy. Andy has two jobs. He's got to punt the ball, and he's got to place hold for, for the kicker. And for him not to be there, but yet the kicker – I, and I don't. I'm not saying that he was the one that blamed Andy no, Lee for no, not no. being there. But uh, Matt Prater, you've got to do your job. That's why you were brought in. You had. You, you've got to be able to get that done. And it it started in the first extra point. They got the touchdown. Everything is looking good. Immediately, the sale goes out of yeah. the whole audience when you started talking about missing an extra point because you just could tell oh no we're gonna have to chase that point the rest of the game
1: uh, and now let me correct myself seven points left on the field so to your point miss the uh, original extra point mm-hmm. and then two field goals after the fact uh that would be seven points not enough to win the game necessarily but who knows what the what happens from a, a, a strategy standpoint and that sort of thing Florida game, absolutely getting the yep. points on the board yep uh, and it didn't end there you know I thought you know the the, the offense again very much out of rhythm you miss Rodney Hudson not only from what he did as a starting center calling the play as the uh, mm-hmm. quarterback in the offensive line yep just some poor snaps yeah. like at this point of the season uh, Max Garcia can't have that. you gotta you got know that you're yeah. in your own building so crowd noise isn't a favor weather's not a, a factor but there was one short one a couple that you know one he snapped it early kyler wasn't ready for twice. it twice
2: he did that twice and it just rolled on past him
1: yeah and then you know obviously that led to two points uh mm-hmm. the, the one in the end zone uh what are you going to do it's just execution it's bad at, at, you know this this late in the season you're seeing that sort of thing and look i understand you know rodney hudson's out because of covid but in the nfl you get used to, and when you're when you're 2 weeks left in the regular season Anything, probably I mean, injury, uh, illness, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you need when your number's called, you got to be ready to step
2: up. Mike, this team was ten and two three weeks ago, yep. top of the NFC, and yep. really getting a lot of disrespect in a lot of people's eyes because they weren't being talked about as one of the top teams in the NFL. Everybody kind of looked past them. They talked about the Green Bay Packers. They talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They mm-hmm. talked about, to some degree, the Dallas Cowboys yeah. as the top teams in the conference, and and they always kind of you know smooth. On pass the the Arizona Cardinals, and then here we are three weeks later. They're ten and five, and now this team looks like they're free falling. They clinched the playoff spot with all thanks Default. to the, yeah, thanks to the uh, Los Angeles Rams beating the Minnesota Vikings. But you still don't feel good if no. you're the Arizona Cardinals or a fan of this team heading into the postseason. And of course, you got that dreaded game coming up Sunday out there in, in, in Texas against that particular team that I really don't care to mention too many times. <laughs> uh, but looking at what they did yesterday, Mike, it, 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 it this could be set up for a real disaster. If they go in with a five-game losing streak, right. there is no way, Mm-mm. there is no way that you can still look at this team and say they are a Super Bowl-caliber team and they're going to threaten the top echelon of the NFC.
1: No. No, I mean at this point, it's uh, to your point. You back into the postseason, but you've got no no expectation that anything positive is going to happen mm-hmm. the last two weeks of the season mm-hmm. or whoever you ultimately line up against in the postseason. Right. Um, and I guess you, based on what you showed me beforehand, you are hoping that it's not the Cowboys. You don't need no. the do you need the Cowboys twice in three weeks in your no. life?
2: No, I don't need no, I don't need them once in my life. If I, if we never had to face the Cowboys ever again, that would be too soon. That, that's, just, that's just me, how I feel about that particular organization because it's personal. We both know we don't need to go into it. Y'all that are out there listening, you know how I feel about the Dallas Cowboys. We need not trench down.
1: Are you, you going to start blocking family members on, on text? No,
2: I'm not blocking them. They can, they can text all they want. They're just not getting a response. <laughs> I got, a, I got a response from my damn uncle, and and I, you know, <laughs> I'm damn, like, where, where? i was like, hey, look, where, where were these texts earlier in the season when your team wasn't doing so great? I, I didn't hear all of this, but now you're putting your chest out there because you beat up on a team that self-imploded, in the Washington football team, and albeit self-imploded, my goodness, yeah, don't, don't, don't come with the with the chest all out now. You, you still got time to blow this thing like you always do.
1: And, I, you know, we we still got stuff to talk about with the Cardinals, but I, I, you brought it up a couple of times with, with Washington. I mean, that, I, I don't even know how to describe that because, it, you know, clearly Dallas is a better team right now than Washington. But what we saw last night on
2: national TV. Complete meltdown, Mike. It was. Complete meltdown. That's what it was. Right? It was you a meltdown. teammates
1: fighting on the sideline.
2: And Not only were they professional teammates, they were teammates at Alabama. Teammates. They were
1: Alabama teammates fighting with each other on the sideline. You right? can't poke another man in the side of the face.
2: Listen, these guys won championships together at mm-hmm. Alabama. These guys were back-to-back years, yeah. number one overall picks for the same team. Mm-hmm. And now, they're yeah, you can never. You can't poke a man in the face. Uh, look, look, I'm, I'm just going to tell you all like this. Um, there are a few things that, that bring out the bad side of me, putting your hands on me, spitting on me talking about the, the the kids something like that Th- those are automatic the Cowboys you, you got to show them, oh, well no nah, i mean you know that's just <laughs> that's that's just one of those things but i i am telling you putting your hands on me spitting in my face and talking about my children mm-hmm. those are all recipes for disaster and like, you cannot cross that line on national tv
1: yeah and it, it just you know the the way it just you know, cuz washington was one of those teams they were. They weren't. They, they. clearly weren't. You know, ever in the conversation about you know elite teams in the NFC, obviously, but they were hanging around. They were part of the conversation, and there was a part. You know, when Dallas was slipping, yep. there was a thought that hey, maybe Washington can jump up, and you know, and, and obviously that narrative changed. Too many injuries. Too
2: many injuries, Mike. Mike, this has been. This has been one of the slowest most brutal collapses I've seen in, in a long time. And it's been a long, slow collapse because you think about the injuries that they suffered. Mm-hmm. Chase Young, they're do-everything captain, young guy coming into his second year, gets hurt early in the season ACL, he's out. You start looking at some other starters on defense, they go down with season-ending injuries. Your quarterback position, you, you – you lose Ryan Fitzpatrick before the season basically started, yeah. and now you're, you're playing and, – and then that's not even talking about the off-the-field stuff that they had to deal with. If you remember John Gruden, yeah. that was tied back to the Washington football team. And there's still the lingering stories with the owner. Dan Snyder yeah. and, and, and his involvement and, and his wife having to take over the reins and yeah. how they let that get through, that, that's still beyond me, but – this has been one of those where it's been brewing for quite some time, and I think now you're starting to see the chickens come to roost yep. because it's a organization that really has no real leadership, and you saw that on full display about 12 hours ago, a team that, that uh, looked like there's no direction, and, and, and I feel bad for Coach Ron Rivera because he is a good man, he's a good coach, and he does not deserve what he's been handed as far as uh, this product, if you will, of this football team that he has to go. Did
1: you ever in your playing career in the NFL have a situation where teammates? All the time, but not on national TV. Right. I mean, that, that entire dynamic. Now, and I don't even know in this day and age, it doesn't matter what kind of TV it's on. Like, it's one thing if it happens in the locker room. It's one thing if it happens in practice. But when it happens on game day, because every game's broadcast, there's cameras everywhere. I mean, what's that like on the sideline and what's the impact on the rest of the of the team when that
2: happens. Well, it's embarrassing for one. And when it happens on national TV, which I was never a part of that, I, I've seen many a fights. And, Mike, I'm just going to tell you, if you've been in a National Football League locker room and been through a training camp sure. or you've been through an NFL season, there's always going to be fights. You're talking about 53 guys with 53 different personalities. Mm-hmm. They're not always going to mesh. That's not going to always be a recipe for singing kumbaya. There's going to be some clashes. I had clashes. With guys, but that was more due to frustration when you're in camp and and you've seen each other for the last seven eight straight days and you haven't had any time to sleep and you're sore you're tired and and you you, you miss your family and and most importantly your significant other and and there's all types of things going on Th- that tends to happen that that's just a boil o- boil right. over of emotions but what we saw yesterday on the field was a team that was getting their ass kicked one yep. by their rival their hated rival. And those guys were at times seen both not giving maximum effort on the field. So I think that was frustration individually that was frustration collectively. And when you start pointing pointing fingers, always remember there's three pointed back at you. so, if you ever try to go at a, 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 another teammate and your effort isn't where it needs to be, you're going to always look bad. And I think you saw that yeah. uh, on on display with, with both of those gentlemen.
1: The other side of the ball, there's a question about Dak Prescott, how he was going to recover, or maybe he was lingering some injuries. And looked I saw, fine to me. They look fine. Uh, and I there was something came out, and, and I don't know if they, they mentioned this on the broadcast last night or not, but uh, Dak alongside uh, Kurt Warner mm. as the only – player in NFL history to throw a touchdown pass to a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, and an offensive lineman in the same game.
2: Mike, they did whatever they wanted to do. That game, that they could have put 70 up. Easy. Yesterday. They could have put 70 up. It was 50 in the third quarter. quarter. Yeah. So it was 42 at half, 42 to 7 at half. That game, and, and when you hear a head coach, and I heard Ron Rivera say this, and and immediately my heart went out to him. He said, I just want to see, because the sideline reporter came back and and she said, we're we're quoting Ron Rivera, I just want to see my team give effort. I just want to see my team go out there and fight. There is no excuse for a paid professional to have to be told, I want to see you go out and give effort. Anytime you put that uniform on, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to do that and I don't I didn't take that responsibility lightly at all and for those young men to put that effort out there that they put out there yesterday and to let another professional team put up 56 points on you Mm -hmm. and it could have been worse I've had 40 burgers put on me and I hate it I've talked about my last game as a professional against the New Orleans Saints I went out in the worst way that you could possibly go out, but that was only 45 or 47, yeah. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine getting 50 put on me. Like I've always say, I want 50, but I've never really seen 50. Yesterday we saw 50 on a national stage, and it was every bit as embarrassing for them as it was for anybody watching that game.
1: Well, to your point, you know, they could have been much worse. D- been they 70. put the backup quarterback Easy. in the fourth quarter. He passed for 70 yards and a touchdown. Backup quarterback.
2: And I mean, it's like a—it was like a what—a little bootleg. I mean, it wasn't yeah. even—it it was a, a nothing play. But he was so wide open, like dude, I almost felt supposed bad. To do? What are you supposed to do? I mean, you can't—you throw me the ball, I'm gonna go try to score. Yeah. it's not my job to stop scoring. It's your job to stop me. That's well, how I look at it.
1: And I was gonna ask you that because another one—a uh, story that came up yesterday was Joe Burrows and his 500 yards. And Don't
2: talk smack to the opposing team. At senior division, and think that there's going to be consequences and repercussions. So you don't have a problem with that? I got no problem with it. It's not my job to stop scoring. My job is to score points as an offensive player. I am paid to go and try to score points for my team. It is not my job to call the dogs off. If the coach wants to take me out because he we're beating them so bad, that's one thing. But if coach tells me you're, you're still in, in, and I've heard what the other team has said particularly the defensive coordinator, oh, I am going directly at him at his neck, and I'm trying to embarrass him, and that's exactly what he did to the tune of 525 yards.
1: Not going to put a gold jacket on him just yet. No. He went a long way to earning that gold sure jacket did. yesterday. Yeah. I mean,
2: if you want to crown him, well.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. 37 to
2: 46
1: for 525 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Hey, and it looked easy for him yesterday.
2: I mean, that was another one that could have been worse. It could have been way worse, Mike. I mean, I'm just saying, like he could have, he could have, he could have put up a 600 burger easily. Yeah. I mean, he's already what that was what top four in history of the league. Five
1: twenty five.
0: man. It was it was fourth. Fourth there all was, time. Yep. Uh, Norm Van Brocklin is one. Warren uh, Moon, I think. Warren Moon is two, and Matt Schaub is three. There you go. And he's
1: four. Norm Van Brocklin. Yeah. Norm. They do 500 Van yards Brocklin. in a
2: month back then. Wow. He did it in a game. Did it in the game. It in just,
1: a game. just the way the game's evolved, also, I'm saying. I
2: mean, all I'm saying, Mike, is is listen. I, I, I know that you're supposed to respect every single yeah. one of your opponents. Do not, and I repeat, do not give another opponent bulletin board material because some guys are not going to think anything of it, like the older guys. If that was Peyton Manning, he probably wouldn't have thought much of it. He just would have quietly went about it. Yeah. But if it was Tom Brady and like we saw with Joe Burrow, they take everything personally. Mm-hmm. They they try to create slights so they can go out there and play at a high level. So Joe Burrow is definitely made of the right stuff, in my opinion, because if I heard somebody say that about me, I'm going to go prove you wrong. And I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that I – address every single thing without saying a word and that's what joe burrow did
0: since becoming the baltimore ravens whenever the browns moved
2: and wink is my guy wink is my wink martindale is my guy we were together in indianapolis so i got a lot of love for wink but he he was out of line for this one.
0: <laughs> since they moved to baltimore six times a quarterback is thrown for 400 touchdowns or 400 yards and three touchdowns against the ravens two of them now are joe burrow
2: wow <laughs> Two of them. Might want to leave the guy alone. Leave him
0: alone. In your division. We could be watching another nice little rivalry built within that division.
2: But in all fairness, I mean, we are talking about – the Baltimore Ravens, who are a shell of what they're yeah, supposed to they be, Yeah, had,
0: they had – They thir- got their issues. If they there's had, ever
2: a team that's been decimated yes. with injuries. Yeah.
0: They had – Last Wednesday when they showed up for practice for the week, they uh, had 13 players total available to the defensive side. Yeah,
1: at the same time, 13 though, total on the wow. roster. Last I checked, you use 11 every play. Well, they, hey, they had 13. At the same time, though – you know, what you're saying about sympathy because you're not there going to There is no get, sympathy. Yeah, there's not, none. You're not going to get, fr- especially from the Bengals in that division. None. Because they've been, you know, they've been the whipping boy.
0: Of, Ask the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, see what the Texans did to the Chargers yeah. yesterday? These are
2: all grown men. These yeah. are all guys that get paid. I don't want to hear anything about participation trophy at, at you know, 10-run uh, rule and all this other kind of stuff. Ain't no mercy rule in the NFL. If you can score, you go out there and score. Were you ever
0: mic'd
1: up for a game?
2: I was mic'd up oh. at least three, four times.
0: Good question. What's that? Okay, hang on. I got so many questions I know. now. Well, I All just,
1: right. I saw what, thanks to you, you oh, waste man. a lot of my time during the day. Because <laughs> on Instagram, he sent uh-huh. <laughs> I know, it's the funniest stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's hilarious. I die laughing every but time. But as soon as I watch what you send me, and sometimes <laughs> I reply to you with whatever, I just keep going. Sometimes
0: I'm in situations where I, <laughs> it's a little questionable material. I click oh, yeah, on there it. There you go.
2: Yeah, oh well. well I was <laughs> oh. I was watching one where uh, I do give warning though. Did <laughs> you sound do yeah, he it's does, funny yeah. sound does. sound though.
1: I was watching one where Chris Long when he was with the Eagles he walked up to I forget one of his teammates was mic'd up mm-hmm. and and his teammate goes oh, No 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 dude, dude I'm I'm mic'd up Yeah. he goes oh, that, that was what? that was Did you one see one of, that one? Yes, I've seen he that goes, happen a lot. But it was hilarious. He goes, Dude, oh no, I know, I know. Hey, did you ever get that rash cleared? He goes, I got I heard there's an ointment you can put on there
2: teammates are there's never there's never not a bad time to go at a teammate.
1: So let me ask you this I've so many questions now.
0: First and foremost, that's probably code, right? Like unwritten code you, to tell everybody, "Hey, just so you know, I'm mic'd."
2: I mean, you can tell them by not saying anything. You could be like, "My second
0: question like, is, where do they put it on your pads?" Uh,
2: they put the the harness. They put the the, the packet on the back. Okay. So if you, it's hard to tell. Like unless you're like right on the field, it, it's like a little hump like a little bump on the back of your soda pads. Okay. And the microphone is usually right here. Right by your chest plate? Right by your chest plate. Okay. Because you can
1: tell when guys get hit when they're wearing it. Yeah. I was watching on T.O. had it mic'd up, and mm-hmm. he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it, he, But he got hit one time by, uh, I forget who. And he's like, damn. Is that Lewis or somebody like that? It might have been. He's like, damn, I thought I could take him. <laughs> Chad Johnson is the all-time
0: GOAT of Chad being John. mic'd up. Chad Johnson is. He's, he's hands He took full
2: advantage. Yeah. He's he knew he was mic'd hilarious. up. Hilarious.
0: Yeah. Uh, how early do they do it? So, like, is it all through warm-ups? Like, when do you got to start watching what you're saying? Oh, before you ever get
2: dressed. That's they crazy. they They put the mic on before you, like, it, it's, it's already in your uniform before you ever put it on. Mm-hmm. So, they have to, like, for me, I used to get my pads taped. To my jersey. So, you know, you couldn't just grab my jersey. So that was always, before I ever got to the locker room on game day, that was already done. Do they ask you before or do they tell you? They absolutely have to ask you.
0: I didn't know if they were like, hey, we're going to mic you up today. And you were just like, okay.
2: No, 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 no. They always ask you the week of, like, are you okay with being mic'd up for this week? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. (laughs) <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. Yeah, do, at, you, least three, time, at least three is, times. At least three times. You turn it on a little bit on field. No, knowing that you're mic'd up. No, because I them, give him a little fun.
2: content. No, I was never a talker. I never talked when I was on the field. I always let my play speak. I always talk with the pads. Right, better well said, than, or what a better well done than well said. Mm-hmm. That was always my motto. And if you start it, I will finish it. <laughs> but I'm not one that's going to start it. I'll finish everything. I won't start anything. Who who who'd you get into it the most with?
0: Was there a division rival like a like a Forty Nine er or a Seahawks? You
2: know who we used to get into it a lot with was Matt Hasselbeck. Matt Hasselbeck. Me, and, me wow. and Matt. Me and Matt Hasselbeck go back to our days in college when he was at Boston College. Okay. And uh, one one particular game my senior year, I remember getting after him twice. Uh, one, you know, I got him and I didn't take him to the ground, but I gave him a little extra business. I Ain't gonna lie. And uh, <laughs> They had this thing back then that was, uh, you know, very popular. I think Emmett started where you, you know, raise the roof. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that, and, and he did not take well to that at all. <laughs> he didn't care for that at all. And I got video of that. I'll actually show you off, <laughs> off, off camera, uh, that actual play. And then there's another one where, you know, I'm, I'm chasing him from behind, and I take him out, make him fumble. We wound up scoring, and uh, he wound up leaving the game. So when I came to Phoenix— but well, when I came to Arizona, of course he's a division rival now. Yeah. It was game on. <laughs> we we beat him uh once in 04, we split with him in 04 and then 05 they had to run to the Super Bowl and and Sean Alexander had the the career, year of his career. Right. And uh there was a lot of smack talking going back and forth. I mean, you know, and he he they wanted to run the score up as much as they could because he 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 was like me, he kept all the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know there were times when i was with denver and we played seattle we got the best of him and and i was able to get him and uh so it me, me and matt have had a lot of run-ins over our career but philip, all love he's one of my favorite guys today
0: philip rivers is supposed to be an iconic trash talker however he doesn't cuss doesn't use a single cuss word but he is in, supposedly in your ear is that true?
2: All day long. Yeah. And he, he and his old teammate, Adrian Wilson, to hear them go back and forth on the oh, field, okay. you, you, I would have paid money. I would have paid money <laughs> just to hear the smack talk because Adrian was coming with the, the choice words and Philip was coming back because this was probably practice right. every single day for them. So it, it, it was just ratcheted up. But the, the guy that, that, that talked the most smack to me was Eric Williams. Offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys yeah. back in the day. He talked so much smack every play, like every other play, mother. And then you know, like he had this thing where he would like wait till you got past him, and he would just beat the hell out of your back. Like he would just He's beat club you, you, club you in the back. Like that was his trademark move. And he would be, he'd be mf you on the way down, mother. <laughs> you know it. it, it it was the craziest thing. And I'm like, dude, what did I do to you, man? I, I, I'm just trying to do my job. But to him, everybody was the enemy, and he hated anybody that wasn't in his same color jersey.
1: I And I've never been a fan of the Cowboys, but I've always been a fan of those guys from small schools that you've never <laughs> heard of because he's from some little tiny school. Absolutely. Uh, Jimmy
2: Johnson was the best at getting those
1: small those school. Finding those, Diamond uh, in the Rough. Uh, Central, big Cat Williams. Central, yeah, big, sta- yeah. Central State of uh, yeah. Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Like, find that on a map. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, you know, Ohio. Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson
2: John- was the best. He, he assembled that whole dynasty was full mm-hmm. of small, small school guys that, that put it all together when it mattered most.
1: That's funny. There's one, too, of Blake Bortles. Not that Blake Bortles really well, deserves right. a lot of conversation. Yeah. But he, he, got, uh, he was banked up and he got sacked. Or he was going to get sacked. He threw the ball away. And uh, he said, somebody who was yapping at him from the defense. Intentional ground, intentional ground. He goes, it was outside the line. Learn the rules. And he goes, man, that pisses me off. He goes, I think I'm going to throw a touchdown here. And he threw a touchdown on the next
2: play. One of the more underrated smack talkers of all time, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I buy that. No, no. Tom Brady was absolutely one of the biggest smack talkers of all time. Because if he heard you say anything in a press conference, he listened to everything. All that, I never hear the outside noise, absolute nonsense. He heard everything. And if you said something in direct relation I shout
1: that for a minute. to
2: his offense, he was coming at you, and as soon as he scored, he was going right to you and be like, how's that doing? And he would quote back <laughs> what you said. I love me some Tom Brady because that's what I was all about. Keep every receipt. All those youngsters out there, keep every receipt and give it back to the guy. Hashtag, that's what I'm talking
1: about. Hashtag petty. Did
0: you, petty Pendergrass. Did baby. your career cross – I can't remember when he came in the league because uh, we all know we left early, but Andrew Luck. Did you ever play Andrew? No, Look,
2: Andrew was tw- 2012.
0: I always hear that he was the nicest dude on the field he can, ever. He, he, like, he would you compliment you. pop the living hell out of Great him. Great hit, man. Great hit. Great hit. And then he'll help way you up if he gets up before you. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just – that that as a defensive player, that would probably yeah. get in your head,
2: I would have to assume. Another native Houstonian, by the way. Is that right? Stafford High School. Yeah, In Houston, really? Texas, yeah. Yeah.
1: What was his dad doing at that time? Because that's – you can a lot of these guys. You track their movement by where their father.
2: Well, their dad, his dad, used to be a backup to Archie Manning, with right? The or, with the Oilers, right? And so I think he had two stints with the Oilers, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So So uh, you know, I think they settled up, settled down in Houston, and uh, then he went on to Stanford. Stanford, so, yeah. You know, but yeah, he's a, he's Could a. Could you
0: imagine that? Like h- hitting a dude, and you're getting you know everything you got into
2: it, and he looks. At hey, you nice hit. Just as nice. Oh, he's hit. a big boy now. And Don't sleep. Like you stand next to him, it's he like, helps okay. you up. <laughs> You know, he seems so. He seems like such a you know, oh, a gosh man. darn kind of guy. But mm-hmm. you know, he he ain't really what you want in the dark alley. Now you you, you ain't just running up on him everybody, thinking it's gonna be an easy win. Everybody gets there for a reason, right? I mean. <laughs> Andrew Luck, hey, your luck ran out. You're going up against him because it's not really that type of party.
1: Two weeks left for the Cardinals. They've got uh, at Dallas this weekend and uh, wrap things up against the uh, Seattle. You trying to tell me I
0: can't ask more down the road questions? Oh, I'm sure we'll (laughs) memory lane. (laughs) I could talk to to him for hours
1: about this. On the other side, uh, college football bowl games getting canceled. Is, Is Notre Dame in town yet? Yep, they're here. They've been here since Christmas Day. We'll talk about that next on Train and Gross. Hey, Train and Gross. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Go blue. Love you guys. Go blue. Go blue. I took that from your
2: son. <laughs> he yeah. let me borrow it for the podcast. You know, it was even worse. I had to buy that damn shirt. How'd that feel? I felt like I was <laughs> betraying my university.
1: You I mean, kind of were. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it didn't
2: feel good. But, you know, you do you do all kind of crazy stuff for, for your, your kids, kids, as you well know. I know. I, I, I absolutely. You do, you do, do crazy do. things. Bowl season is upon
1: us. Although you know, everybody was complaining about the number of bowl games and it's underwhelming thus far. <laughs> numbers coming down. Numbers coming down. You gotta you gotta keep track. You getting ready to watch a game and find out last minute something's been canceled. And here locally, well, kind of locally in the region, mm-hmm. uh, you got the Sun Bowl, which is played in El Paso, about mm-hmm. six seven hours from here, mm-hmm. and then the Arizona Bowl played in Tucson, about two hours from here. And uh, each of those bowl games is down to one team. Mm. Central Michigan's in town for the Arizona Bowl, and uh, Washington State is in El Paso uh, for the Sun Bowl, and they're talking about having the two teams flip a coin. Where do you want to go, Tucson, El Paso, and play a game just, re- you know, putting these two teams together. <laughs> it really is a because coin. Because Miami, uh, in the case of El Paso, and Boise State, in the case of Tucson, are unable to make the bowl games because of COVID.
2: And we saw this with Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl, and, and the fact that uh, – Rutgers was able to fill in for them. Rutgers, and, line and, one. Yeah, I mean, with five wins, good luck with that one. And, you know, with teams, the guy's already gone for Christmas break. Well, I think now that gotta, makes
1: it more challenging.
2: Like, yeah, like, hey, guys, come on. We, we actually got one more game. You know, like, you know, forget your plans that you had with the family. Yeah. Like, you know, you still got to go and, and be a sacrificial lamb for this team, you know, um, for the money, for the school. <laughs> it's it's just – we're just in those times where you just expect the unexpected. Yeah. We, yeah, we just, just, you just don't know how things are going to proceed. You can have all of the contingency plans that you want, but until you actually get to the week of, or actually the day of the game, yep. things could change drastically. And, and we saw the Hawaii Bowl even. It's the canceled
1: together. The home team. Yeah.
2: I mean, Couldn't it's just canceled all together.
1: Yeah. Could not field a team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously the, the, the top draw is New Year's Eve when mm. you've got the college football playoffs taking mm-hmm. center stage. And I understand that uh, three of the four teams uh, this week, they closed practice. I mean, they're just circling the wagons. And I think it's not so much gamesmanship as just trying to keep everybody out of harm's way as best they can because games in the playoffs will not be rescheduled. And you're not going to pull another opponent into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So if uh, in the Michigan-Georgia game, if one or the other is unable to go, it's a forfeit. Whoever is there and can play advances. That's right. And
2: uh, I just look at that, Mike, and 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 I didn't mean to cut you off. No. When you talk about how that would look if you got to the national championship game, yeah. If two teams are there and they played all the way up until that point, and one unfortunately has COVID, they're not rescheduling that. No. So you're going to be crowned a national champion without actually playing the game. It's going to take you back to days when I was in college, where you just basically were voted in. Yeah. And it, it just
1: it feels wrong, but I don't know what the option is.
2: There is no option. That, I, what that, you, that's what it is. Yeah,
1: just sit and wait. And, no. You know, the NFL, you know, you look at what – it, it, it's hit a little bit in the NFL. We moved some games last week, and I thought it would get worse into this week. I guess teams, uh, you know, took steps. I mean, obviously every team, you just coaches, players, hmm. they're, they're without, but they've been able to play the games. Right. Um, and, you know, they're just I, – I would imagine crossing their fingers hoping they could get through this. Just get through it. Yeah. And figure it out. So we'll see. Notre Dame, though, is in town for here, here. the Fiesta Bowl. That's right. Are you hanging out?
2: Uh, I'm going to go catch a couple practices probably, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm lobbying to do the pregame speech, but I think Coach Freeman's got that handled, so uh, <laughs> I'll let him I'll will let You want to give thing.
0: us right now to the camera what you would tell the team?
2: I, I would tell them, hey, listen, men, this is a rare opportunity that you have to bring in an error for an entire program led by this coach for the first time. What you're doing today is important because you're exchanging a day out of your life for it. Make sure you go out there and you show this team and you show the country what this program is going to be about for years to come because this is the first opportunity for Coach Freeman to lead you guys into battle. Make sure you send him out there on the proper way and go handle his business against these Cowboys and let's get the hell out of here. Let's go! Oh, sorry.
1: (laughs) Sorry. I was ready.
2: Hey, I like it. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I like I, I'm it. ready. Like it, all they got to do is call me. They just, just, just call me. Hey, Jack. You know where to find. I'm here. You, you, you know where I'm at. Got him on speed dial. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you looking out last time. Can we, can we, can we run that back? You know what I mean? That's, that's all I'm saying.
1: Who gave the best pregame locker room speech mm.
2: you ever heard? Oh, it's Coach Holtz. It's Coach Holtz. Coach Holtz used be – He gets he, fired he, up, he, huh? He, no, he was actually very methodical. Like he, he always. Tied in his pregame speech to the entire week before leading up. And I remember the Florida State game, the great, the game of the century, and, and we had a bye week the week before. And he beat us down. He told us we weren't anything. We were the worst team in America, and we didn't deserve to be on the field with the Florida State Seminoles. And, you know, we just couldn't do anything right. And then as the week of the game came on, we got to practice, and, and it was like, you guys are ready for this, man. You guys, if you follow the plan, the plan is infallible. We out hit, we out tough, we out execute. We, we pay attention to the details and, and, and we play the fundamentals. You hit, tackle, and you, you play for each other. You're going to be successful. Got up to the day of the game. He said, Hey, if we get out in the scrum, hey, listen, just leave Coach Bowden for me. <laughs> it was on. You lost it at that <laughs> one. I can see it. I can see it. Wow. Leave Coach Bowden for me. It's on. And that's, that's one of his best friends in the world. So yeah. he totally had us going in a frenzy. I mean, he was the master manipulator. He manipulated us. And I'm telling you, that game was over before we even started. <laughs> that's awesome. Because there was no way that they were going to win Coach that Bowden game. Coach for me. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. He did the same thing in what Miami
2: about, with, with Coach Johnson, you know, in 88 when they played the, the Hurricanes. What, at, uh, what about North teammates? City.
0: Was there a teammate that was able to get up leadership-wise,
2: <sighs> get everybody going? Ooh, there was a lot of teammates. Let me see if I can go back. Let me go through it. Let me go through. Like it you real see the fast. film
1: of like a, a guy like Ray Lewis in the on the field. That, that kind that, of thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like, was there somebody that was? Okay. Can we can we just bust that myth though? Um, Ray did that for Ray.
0: Of course he did.
2: I mean, of that, that, course there, he did. There, there wasn't a lot of leading grown men. I mean, when you're out there <laughs> doing the squirrel, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's out there doing the squirrel. Of course, it's I mean, for him. You know what I mean? You're like, saying he knew where the camera was? He when knew I exactly seeing. where the camera was. And I mean, the entire stadium was built around him, you know, doing doing his dance to Nellie Hotten here. I mean, right. come on. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's. I love you, Ray. we, we say, saying, I love you, brother, but, but come on now. I mean, not everybody was feeling the squirrel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, you know,
0: all of Baltimore was though. It is That's what it all is. That so, yeah. I mean, but he would
2: That's do it. It would send them in a frenzy. I mean, that the, the crowd went nuts. But I would say, for myself, one of the best speeches or, or guys that could galvanize, I'd ha- I'd have to give it to Kirk. Kurt. Kurt was one of the best. Really? Was he really? Kurt was one of the best. If you go back and you remember the when we beat Carolina. Kurt had a lot to do with that, and I remember – A
1: rainy night in Charlotte.
2: A rainy night in Charlotte, and – It was over. Well, after the game, he gave a speech like, hey, we're going to enjoy this, but we got one more. We got to handle our business, and and I just remember we could have lost our minds in that locker room because we had just beaten the team. We had just – I mean, there were a lot of demons exercised. We won on the East Coast. We beat the the Carolina Panthers who had stole one from us the, the earlier in the season in October, and we had advanced to the NFC Championship game. Bad I mean, weather game to, uh, Bad weather. weather. There were a lot of demons that were exercised in that one game. We turned Jake DeLome over six times and on his birthday. I mean, it, it was a lot of a lot of good feelings, good vibes. And we could have gone either way, but I think Kurt, who was the one guy that had a lot of obvious success history in the playoffs, he really centered us, in, and I think it was his speech at, after that game was what really allowed us to, to refocus and make sure that we had enough to go out there and play against the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow.
1: Yeah. So that's real because I remember all that. I'm, I mean, I'm, that game, the, the Carolina game, I can tell you exactly where I was. Me too. Like to the minute, mm. you know, in the turnovers. Because mm. Meg, Meg had a volleyball tournament. We were mm. at a, a facility over on 19th Avenue. In Phoenix, right by Peoria. Yeah. Old dumpy place, but there was a place next door that had one TV. Yeah. And there was every dad in the gym. (laughs) And your kid was – and, like, you were, like, trying to watch this game (laughs) and then go back because, shit, Meg's game started. Karen's texting, where are you? Meg's playing. I'm like, I'll be right there. And it was cold and damp in Phoenix. I don't know if it was raining in Phoenix that night.
3: But it we was raining were raining in Carolina don't I know they. it was
1: raining in Carolina. and It yeah. felt like it was raining in Phoenix. And yeah. we were just crowded around this TV. Yeah. It wasn't even a sports bar. It was like a, like a restaurant where you could get, you know, like food that you would eat at a, you at a could Did not. they make
2: you buy something to watch? Yeah. <laughs> Gladly.
1: <laughs> Take my money, please. You could not
0: find a TV here in the Valley to watch that game in public. We tried. We went to like three or four different restaurants. You know what we wound up doing? On Gilbert Road, uh, Gilbert and Baseline-ish, I want to say. Okay. Maybe it was, anyway. We couldn't get into a Buffalo Wild Wings, couldn't get into this place, couldn't get into that place. We we're like, what the hell? Let's take a dark shot at this and went to the bowling alley that's over there. Wow. Dude, we walked in. We were one of the only people in the bar in the bowling alley. They had one of those big, giant pro- projection screens and had couches in front of it. We almost wound up with, like, our own living room watching the game. Wow. Awesome. So much better than being at any of those damn sports bars we couldn't wow. get a seat in. And we watched you guys kick the hell out of the Panthers that night. Wow. That was awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Kurt, Kurt was one of those, those – those, those rare uh, guys that could galvanize a whole team. And, and we, we listened to him because he had the most experience of all of us. I mean, remember, we were a young team. We, we, we didn't really know how to do that. And it took us a while at the end of the season yeah. to, to really – and they just did a folk tales on that. You know, shout out yeah. to the Cardinals doing a tales on that um, after that game against the New England Patriots where it was just a debacle. And, and to go from that to, to how we finished, but um, – yeah, he, he, well, he was able to, to give us that, that direction because he had been there and done that, and we hadn't.
1: Well, and, and you know, when you look at it, we talk about the NBA where the, the transition like in the Eastern Conference from the Celtics to the Pistons right. to the Bulls right. or whatever. It's not exactly the same in the NFL, but you have to know how to handle your business, as you just said. And that's something that the Arizona Cardinals, going back to the Phoenix Cardinals, you look at, you know, the year they – with Jake Plummer when they – Went to the playoffs and they went and beat Dallas. Like, that was just like. How did this even happen with right. this team yeah. that doesn't know how to do that? Yep. And that was a one-and-done. They blew that team up. Well, and then, Minnesota was hard to beat. Well, granted, but I'm just saying, you know, it's not like the Cardinals the following year built on that oh, success. Oh, no, I see what you mean I blow it up. Yeah, they did. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, then when, when you guys came along and, and did what you did, again, not having that experience. And Keyshawn Johnson on his show talked about that with this Cardinals team mm. when he was, you know, to your point about them getting disrespected um, and – he would say, look, they they never—they haven't done this before. Yeah. They don't know what – their coach hasn't done it. Yep. These players, for the most part, haven't done it. Yep. Collectively. So what makes you think that they're just going to roll up and be in the Super Bowl?
2: Chris Collinsworth was the worst. And we used his words as as a rallying point because he was like, this is the worst playoff team I, ever. I've ever seen. Yep. Yeah. And we, of course, kept all those receipts. Yeah. And Deion Sanders had some things to say when he was – I think he was on CBS at the time, and he, he said, I'd give up my tickets. If the Cardinals went, oh yeah, and so I went, and found Dion. I was like, hey, bro, remember what you said? Uh, you know, them tickets, you know, well, <laughs> h- well, how about it? I could use them. You know what I mean? And he was like, ha, I was like, I'm not playing. Like, where the tickets at? You know, I, I you know, I, I, I laughed it off eventually, but I think he understood yeah. that I was not kidding. Like, you know, and, and you, you gotta admit when you made a mistake. But that wasn't, that wasn't uh, his his uh, calling card at the time.
1: You know the uh, the best fictional speeches. You guys watch Friday Night Lights, the TV show? Just
0: watched it for the first time, like two months ago.
1: Eric Taylor. Yes. Meg gets mad at me because I I offer. I said, Meg, you want me to give a wow. speech to the girls? Wow. I put my I have <laughs> my clear hat, eyes full heart full hearts. I have my hat on, my sunglasses on, and I take the sunglasses off, put them up on my head. I said, "Gather around, take a knee." Wow. <laughs> Started with that. And she, <laughs> wow. She, she usually has words. <laughs> She goes, you're a clown. Get out of here. I love it. Okay. <laughs> girls, gather around, take a knee. Ladies, wow. no, it's ladies. Gather yeah. around, take a knee. Yeah. One Children time we story. <laughs> <laughs> one time we were driving back, I did the whole speech, and she's like, "No, you ain't." You no, ain't never. You're never gonna get
2: in front of my girls. <laughs> I'm trying. Shoot your shot, man. Hey. Eric Taylor's good though. Very
0: good. That's funny. Watch that show for the first time just a couple months ago. It's on That's Netflix funny. now. Yeah, That's oh, funny. I love
1: that show, Texas Forever. Yeah. Texas hashtag, Forever. Hashtag Texas Forever. Wow. There you go. All right. I don't even know how we went down. This was our college football segment.
2: Well, we talked about motivational speakers. Oh, there we the go. best. That's he asked right. me who was the best motivational speaker.
1: <laughs> and I ended with Coach Eric Taylor <laughs> imitation.
2: In Friday Night Live. Yeah, there you so go. So we went from college to pro to high school. Where are you watching the, the Fiesta place. Bowl? Are you going to be in the stadium? I plan to be in the stadium. I, I, mm, I don't have a ticket today, but uh, I plan on finding a way. No.
0: I'm very resourceful. Put mate. your jersey on, walk in the stay. I mean, nah, polo, the do my, you my, know jer- who I jersey, am, Cart?
2: No, no. See, if that's <laughs> if you ever have to do that, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. You're right. They don't that's, know. Yep, 100%. So, and, and and the jerseys they have changed a lot over the years. And I do have my Fiesta Bowl jersey. Unfortunately, it was green, and we got waxed by Colorado in the game. That was Ooh. Paul McCart- That was Bill McCartney's last game at okay. Colorado, and they were loaded. Yeah, they had the um. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Rashawn Salam.
3: Mm-hmm. They
2: had the Lomb- uh, Lombardi winner. They had the Belitnikov winner, or not Belitnikoff, uh, what's the DB? The Thorpe, the Thorpe mm-hmm. Award winner. Wow. And, uh, yeah, they had just lost to Nebraska, who eventually beat the Brakes uh, off of Florida that year in, in the whatever bowl game that was. And so uh yeah they they were a talented team they wanted to send him off and and we looked like circus clowns out there in those those green jerseys not buying it huh <laughs> yeah, not, it, green it, it 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 looked bad man cuz we 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 there was no usually like you want to spring it on the team you know like the element of surprise like come out with a a blue jersey like the normal blue jersey we wear and then go back and and change before like we talked about yeah. in Denver we didn't have any of that. We came out with the green jerseys and warmed up, and they just kind of looked at us like, you guys really think that that's going to work today? And they proceeded to beat the hell out of us and send a message and send Bill McCartney off the right way. There you go.
1: All right, well, hopefully
2: you find a ticket. We'll get a full report next time. <laughs> hopefully you find a ticket. Gross. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you, hey, I'm, I may get in the locker room. Like, you guys laugh, but I, I'm, Wait, I'm I may find No, I, I find think my it's my actually going to happen. It's just, we can only pray. If so anybody you know, can do it on this podcast, you yeah, can. Yeah, I, I, I you know, we'll find a way. All
1: right, on the other side, we'll talk a little basketball. Still to come, mm. check out the shirt. We got dad jokes. I you know what time it breaks. is. That's coming up on Train and Gross. Yeah, yeah. Train and Gross. I should have bought more apple fritters. Oh, I'm good. That thing was huge.
2: I'd have taken another huge. one. Huge. I'd have
0: got another one. About 20 minutes from now, I'd probably got another
1: I, I, think was good. I think it was big. I'm on my own this week. I'm living the life of a bachelor. But is that you know right? What?
2: You know what's hard, though? What's hard to do is to come back post-Christmas meal. Like, when it's a big holiday meal, it's hard that next week to
0: – Cut it all
1: back out.
2: Yeah. To, yeah. to, to, to not go big. Like,
1: like every meal's got to be overflowing the plate. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But you, you got you to be careful because that, that's how you put the weight on.
1: Well, we don't we, – for our, our holiday meal, we don't have a big holiday meal – Mm-hmm. We do kind of like Christmas night, we do Chinese food. Wow. It's just, we started it like 10 years ago. Wow. As a, you know, talk about traditions and, and you know, two family. we didn't have anybody else out here. Uh, Karen's mom had passed away. So right. it's like, we're on our own. The, our friends, they're from California. there, And so two Chinese families come to together, what? have Chinese food. We met at a, we called them one night, said, hey, we're going to get Chinese food. You want to come?
2: Yeah. So today, obviously, is my son's birthday. Happy birthday, Booze. And um, he's he's got six of his closest friends over. Or five of his closest friends over. Six of his closest friends. And I think for them, they are over the whole holiday meal. Like, they just want to do guy stuff. Like, they'd rather have pizza or something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to kind of hang out. And I, and I think, you know, if it's your birthday, you should have whatever it is you want to yeah. eat. And I, I, I actually think I'm going to go home and have a meatless post-holiday meal. What are you going to go with? Because we, I had salmon the day of. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I love salmon. Me too. And I wanted to do anything but turkey because I didn't want to do heavy, heavy meat. Because mm-hmm. that, that's what usually makes you so heavy. Right. That makes your plate so heavy. So the salmon didn't last long. It, it, didn't, it made it like a day. And then, you know, because you only get so much salmon. And um, yeah. the sides, though, there's plenty of sides. And I think I'm going to go and I'm going to have a meatless meal tonight. I think go. I'm going to go without any any meat and yeah. still get full because the sides, you know, there's still the stuffing, there's still the greens, there's potatoes. Still the potatoes, there's yep. still all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But just going to be without meat. I'm on my own. I'll probably have some mac and cheese.
0: Or- I was just going to ask you. So what's a bachelor night for? I don't even know, in man.
1: The I have house? no idea. What's on the TV tonight? Whatever I want.
0: What's what and what, what really? Bowl game? <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? You're I end up watch a random ass
1: bowl game and- cuz last night's game was so bad. I ended up. I, I, what did I watch? Something that Karen would have never had any interest in, but I can't tell you what it was because we have HBO. So I. I searched wow. and got an H, Some random movie. Wow. So sometimes what, those are the best nights. That, Beans and I will do that. We'll we'll watch <laughs> a watch I. a movie. <laughs> uh, what Dunkirk is out on HBO. At War, World War Two. Mm-hmm. She, she has no interest. Might do that. That's actually
2: a good movie. You got to go by the nickname Cornbread. Cause you know beans, I love it. Yeah, beans, beans and cornbread had a fight. <laughs> beans go, and cornbread had a fight. Beans I'll do
3: it. Cause
2: you know he ain't changing his name. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. You could go by cornbread. <laughs> Speaking Mike of cornbread, cornbread how, do I, how, do, how do I? How do I? I already got a nickname, man. Money Mike. Money Mike. But you know that was that was taken it, yeah. by 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 my old teammate Mike Adams. They uh, did a no. tell on that one. No, no, I got I it. I, I get it. Yours, yours is more official because it's through our our boy Alfred. But uh, you know, Mike got his <laughs> in a very auspicious way. But anyway, that's well, how do I a transition with it?
1: Corn, Cornbread Maxwell was a good basketball player. Meanwhile, Cornbread. the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> how'd that go? Oof! Uh, look, it's rough. It was fun. I mean, yeah. you know, you're you're featured on Christmas Day. You got the build up, everything to go with it. Um, you know, and and I think at some level it signals that the Suns are back on the national stage. Uh, but it just uh, it never again, you watch that game and it just never felt like they were going to catch up to a, a de- depleted Golden State Warriors team.
2: You know, Mike, it's, it's interesting because I look at the NBA today and I think about last year how it ended where you had new blood mm-hmm. in the finals yep. you had the buckin you had the Milwaukee Bucks and you had the Phoenix Suns these were two teams that were relatively young and relatively up and coming they had an aging star in Chris Paul and and with the Milwaukee Bucks you know they had a few veterans but you know it was it was Giannis's team but now you fast forward to this offseason and it almost seems as if All of those other narratives went down by the wayside. And there's really just a two-team race. And they're both in the same conference. Mm -hmm. It's the Phoenix Suns and Mm -hmm. it's the Golden State Warriors. But in that, there's been so many underlying stories. The biggest one is what's going on with the L.A. Lakers. And we continue to talk about them. And we talk about injuries and how it's affected other teams and and. There were a bunch of games on Christmas Day that nobody really seemed to be very interested in, and it was because stars were out. And the stars have missed so many games this year with COVID and other related injuries that it, it really, there, there, there is no life. Because we always talked about, hey, the season starts after Christmas. Well, we're after Christmas, yep. and there's no storylines to speak of other than the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. Who is going to be, the one that comes out of the West and and play one of those teams in the East because it's either going to be the Brooklyn Nets or it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think there's much confusion about that. I think everything that you see between now and April is just going to be jockeying for who, who's going to have the most home games mm-hmm. during those playoff series. Is, is it going to be <laughs> Milwaukee or Brooklyn or is it going to be Golden State or Phoenix? And both teams, all four teams are so familiar with each other I don't really think it's going to matter.
1: Uh, it, it'll be interesting. And as you said, you know, Golden State and Phoenix, you know, they're going to go back and forth. It was disappointing, obviously, when you're on the national stage on Christmas Day to lose that game. But it's an 82-game yes. season. Yes. So, and, and really, at the end of it, if you're one, if you're two, your scenario still plays out. Yes. You know, it'll be interesting to see, of those four teams, do any of them feel like they need to do anything
2: trade. to kind of
1: bolster where they're at? You know, uh, We talk about Golden State. You know they've got uh, Clay Thompson in the wing somewhere coming back. He's trying to get strong, get healthy, get ready.
2: That's basically their trade,
1: right? Or do they? they, They've got James Wiseman who's also sitting out there. Also another trade. Well, and his name has been floated in some possible trade scenarios, Mm -hmm. and they're talking about it. And again, I love you know trade season no matter what the sport is. NBA for whatever reason, uh, it, it 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 a lot of mileage out of it, but. You know, they're talking about blowing up what's going on in Minnesota. Yep. And one of the scenarios has Carl Anthony Towns landing in Golden State. Mm. And on the one hand, I get it. But on the other hand, I'm like, if you're Golden State right now. You don't need him. Do you want to – it almost sounds like that's more risky. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, do do you mess with what you have?
2: Golden State is one of the one of the few teams, Mike, that you see that – chemistry is their biggest asset exactly they play so well together they move the ball so beautifully you don't want to see anybody come in and bring that to a halt with that that isolation basketball. They have built a culture around the ball being move, being lively because it's moving. It's going from person to person, and and nobody's holding the ball for more than two seconds. And there's constant motion. You can't sit still and just sit in the corner and wait for the ball. And and it's a beautiful brand of basketball. It's
1: amazing to see some of the stuff that they. do, And I don't mean this disrespectfully, and it'll it may come out wrong, but it almost seems like. The Golden State Warriors or the Harlem Globetrotters and whoever they happen to be playing that night is the Washington, Washington Generals. Generals. Yep. Because they're cutting, they're moving, and they're, the ball, to your Easy point, baskets. is always moving. Easy baskets. you got to follow the ball.
2: They score the ball easier than every other team in the league. And, and it's because they have, an un, they have a willing superstar to share the rock with his teammates. Right. He's not afraid to give the ball up because ultimately he knows he's going to get it back and they know who their bread is buttered by. Yep. So, yeah, he's going to pass the ball, but rest assured, in those 24 seconds, at some point, Steph Curry is going to have the ball in his hands with a position to score the basket.
1: And, and the other thing is, you know, what, what's Carl Anthony Towns done? And I know he's been in Minnesota, which is, you know, kind of a, a no-man's land in the NBA lately. But, I, I, again, I don't know how that move would help them. I, the other – it's Minnesota, Golden State, and Philadelphia. So you know what Philadelphia's problems are. You know who they're trying to move.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I just – if I'm Golden State, I, I think I steer clear of that one.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any need because, uh, Mike, you're going to get a basically a, a bench and you're going to get a starter back just from injuries where other teams are trying to trade for those scenarios. Right. They get theirs back just by getting healthy and yeah. by being patient. So the, as good as they're playing right now – and the fact that they have the best record in the NBA, they're only going to be strengthened by the fact that they get a Klay Thompson back, they get a Wiseman back, and not only does your starting five get bolstered, now your bench gets even more bolstered because that's always been their strength. It wasn't always the, 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 the starting five that was going to get them a championship. They always wore teams down because they had bench guys that could come in. They had five guys that they could come in and, and – The the, the battle of the backups was always a no-mas situation because they could go on a uh, 15-point run with their backups and their starters not even have to step get off the bench. You know, they've got the the ice pack or the heating pads on their knees or whatever. Mm -hmm. And all the while, the second team is running the other team's second team off the floor.
1: No, it, it, I think you're right. The Final Four in the NBA, more so than any other years, feels like almost a foregone conclusion. So we'll keep an eye on it. Chicago's kind of hanging around a little bit in the East.
2: Nice uh, surprise. Yeah. Nice surprise. I mean, and
1: you know, to your point, I mean, Chicago. It'd be hard, you know, for for those of us of a certain age to call Chicago new blood, but it's been a while. It's been well, a while. Welcome back. We've missed you. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, and then Utah is still kind of on the cusp, but. Just feels when when you thank you when there there is a there must be or is there I don't know how I'm going to phrase this that fatal flaw like whatever that is. And I you know you look at it's been a
2: the fatal flaw is that they're Utah. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Nobody. I mean, we I mean, Carl Malone and and John Stockton. I mean, they did everything they could to win a championship. They just happened to be born in the wrong age with Michael Jordan. They, they just couldn't get past that guy. There was a lot of guys in that era that couldn't get yeah. past that guy. So he stopped a lot of guys from getting rings in that era that were wonderful basketball players. But if you take away everything else, Mike, what does Utah bring to the table?
1: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like Again, right now, third best
2: record in all the league. But, but nobody considers them a real threat. Exactly. Nobody talks about them as a legit threat to exactly. the right. Exactly right. Denver, they've got the reigning MVP. They don't even think about sniffing. No. The, the the talk as far as being one of the best teams in all the NBA. And they've got an all-star that they're going to gain back when he gets healthy and, and Jamal Crawford or, – or Jamal uh, – um, oh, my God. Murray. Jamal Murray. Thank you. Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the, other, there for a
1: the other thing is, you know, you look at them, and unless I've missed it, they haven't played the Suns – or the Warriors. And that'll clear up a lot of things as well once that happens. Again, a long 82 game. Lastly, uh, shout out, uh, Monty Williams. He's down with COVID for a little while. Mm. So uh, send him out uh, best wishes uh, to uh, for a speedy recovery. And Is uh, that
2: the issue, Mike? Is, is that going to be the, the dominant thought about athletics in 2021 yeah. and 2022? COVID, is that going to be the the dominating story more than the performances on the, the field or court? I
0: think it is in the NFL, because let's look at what's going on right now. I mean, there are teams that have no business sniffing the playoffs in the NFL that mm-hmm. are. Let's just talk about my Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have beat the Browns two weeks ago, and they damn sure shouldn't have beaten the Broncos team you know, this past week. Now, the Broncos wasn't COVID. It was because of... Of uh, of Teddy getting hurt, and but the Browns
2: it, are because of their quarterback Baker Mayfield. But he wasn't played. I mean, they way. were
0: down to Nick Mullins when the Raiders played him.
2: But they just played yesterday, and and he was the reason that they lost. Yeah. So
0: he Saturday against Packers. A, yeah. a Saturday, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. against the Packers. Yeah, mm-hmm. the,
2: the, he just can't get out of his own way. Unfortunately, it's true. He, he's just that guy that he, he's not who he thought he was. Oh, it's twice. That's twice. He got to twice this show. It's my guy, man. I mean, Twice. that's that's my guy. God rest his it's soul. Always with respect. Always with respect,
3: man.
0: But look at the Ravens. You know what I mean? Like, I think you can you can point to a lot of different teams decimated, just that we're decimated. So COVID has definitely had its. I think but, it's uh,
1: yeah,
3: in all fingerprints on this. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. To your point, like NHL's already canceled an entire slate of games to the point where they're not going to the Olympics because they need that time to reschedule games. We're talking about canceling college football games now, bowl games. Uh, whether or not you're a big fan of bowl games or not, it's it's part of the fabric. It's, it's part of what we do in December and January is sure. watch college football. That's right. Right? It Knock on wood, it has not yet hit the college football playoffs, but right. if it does, yep. that'll raise it up. NBA struggling with it, 100 and some odd players in some kind of protocol, and Sean yep. makes a great point. You know, it's influencing the competitive nature big of time. the late season in the NFL. Injuries, we talk about this all the time. It's a long season. It's longer this year. That's right. And injuries are always a factor. You layer Mm -hmm. over COVID, which is another form of injury. Mm -hmm. And it just, so it has to be. It has to be.
2: Because it's not just affecting players, it's affecting coaches. Coaches. And so then you start talking about strategy and all that other stuff. You start to see, well, okay, who's more important to the game as far as the sport? If you take away a coach in a basketball game, is he less important than a coach on a football game? Because you wonder how much control and how many guys he has to actually be in charge of. If it's basketball, if you've had, if you've got two or three great players, you can kind of get away with it. But in football, you you have a lot more guys and a lot more different moving parts, if you will, in order to to get on the same page in order to get a win. So, I,
1: well, and to your point, we'll find out. out here. We're right? gonna find out. We'll find out here because. That's right. Uh, oh geez, uh, DeAndre Ayton's in protocol yep, too. About an hour ago. Yeah, there you go. My so, goodness. Uh, Monty Williams and DeAndre. Who's a bigger loss to the Suns for protocols? Monty
2: Williams. Yeah, I agree.
1: Alfred Payton, however, who was on the list, is able to come back tonight.
2: Wow. He'll be. So who who are they playing?
0: Uh, Grizzlies. Seven o'clock.
2: That's not okay. Grizzlies are always that, they're they're kind of that, that tough, gritty team that you know you just you got to beat them. Like they're not going they're not going to just give you a win. You just got to go
3: earn it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and they've got a couple of games before now and the end of the year, right? Yeah. They, they, they play on the 31st. They, they begin a long road trip uh, back east, so we'll find out. But uh-huh. uh, main thing is, uh, you know, best wishes uh, to Monty Williams to get healthy Please. first. You know, the yeah. g- games are secondary. All right, on the other side, it's the final edition of Pump the Brakes.
2: For 2021.
1: And the final edition of Dad Jokes for 2021. I love it. Not forever. No, no, no. But just for we'll 2021. The buildup. You should have phrased things differently. you got to love it. That's coming up on the other side, Train and Gross. Welcome back in Train and Gross. Final segment, but most important segment of the podcast. You know the music. Our uh, crack research, they were working off-site today. That was them pulling into the parking lot.
0: <laughs> Is that what it was? Running in, <laughs> running in with the list. That was. <laughs> they checked it
2: twice. Oh.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: anyway, Uh-huh. how does this work? Well, I'm going to give you guys statements from the world of sports, maybe a little pop culture. I right. love pop culture.
1: You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on it or riding with it. Can't wait to find out what Kentucky Fried Chicken and Mountain Dew have cooked up next, Sean Crespin. <laughs> wow. Uh, Lay's potato chips.
3: Survey says Lay's potato chips.
1: Okay.
0: Pump the brakes or not. Kickers are people too.
2: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't pump the brakes. (laughs) But I hate you for putting me in this position.
0: (laughs) I didn't say kickers were football players too. I just said kickers were people too.
2: Uh, They're most definitely people (laughs) before they're football players. The football football uh, player part? The one thing I will say Uh is the NFL did a lot of tinkering with rules in the last 10 years. And of all the rules that I can say that I really think has changed the game to a degree is the extra point. Yeah, Yeah, I'd agree with that. Moving the extra point back. I think it has changed the way guys go after that point. I think it changes the way coaches call games if they miss that extra point because yeah. then they freak out and they start trying to chase that point way too soon. Mm-hmm. And you've seen, particularly the Baltimore Ravens, they've lost two games in like a three-week span where Coach Harbaugh, God bless him, he is chasing the hell mm-hmm. out of that one point. And it, it has cost him really an opportunity to be in the driver's seat of the play, in the playoffs mm-hmm. in the AFC. And so, um... It's put a lot of pressure on kickers. Uh, they've had to really step up and and do their job because it's not quite a gimme anymore. And and. I, I think it, 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 it makes them kinda understand that that moment being bigger for them than it what it used to be. That's very nice of you.
0: Those are some nice words for about, about kickers there.
1: Uh, I can't remember understanding what, what they're going. I can't for. remember what the pumping action is on this one. So but my I was people. I was <laughs> I'll give I'll agree with Bertrand. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have the context, but I'm always fascinated to hear the conversation about kicker. I mean, all the way to, you know, some of the more infamous infamous comments. What you know, Peyton Manning talking about Idiot his kicker, kicker getting liquored up yeah, whatever called him an idiot, idiot kicker. kicker getting liquor whatever that
0: that's was That's my
2: guy. Mike Vanderjack was my guy. Listen. He's my teammate.
0: The, it really boils down to they got one job. And that's one what job. and that's what I think boy gets under the skin of guys who are out there killing themselves for 50 plays and dudes got one job. Yeah. I Do mean, your job.
2: You think about certain organizations, you think about infamous moments with kickers. Think oh, about yeah. the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Norwood. Norwood. Wide right. They went to four Super Bowls, but it's always wide right. S- wide right.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you think about the Cardinals this year and the irony of a Vikings loss securing a playoff spot for the Cardinals because go back to week two two or th- two. 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 Yeah, They should have lost that game. They should have lost to the Vikings. Again, we, we, we got past the part where we don't apologize for anything. Yeah, But the reality of it is their kicker, cost them that game.
2: And that's why you have to take the wins when you can get them. A win is a win is a win yeah. is a win in the NFL. I don't care how ugly it is, you get those wins yeah. because that 10th win is so very important to the Arizona Cardinals yeah. right now because if they didn't have that 10th
1: win. They're sitting at nine wins right now.
2: And they had the two games they got going down the stretch with Dallas and Seattle. Yeah. No, I'm you're
1: Just
0: right. saying. Yeah, absolutely. Just saying. That one was supposed to be somewhat of a joke, but I'm glad we went there. That was good. Uh, so 1A today. Uh, since Cliff Kingsbury became head coach of the two th- in 2019, the Cardinals are 15-5-1 during the first seven weeks of the season mm-hmm. and 8-18 eight and after that. Pump the brakes or not, that's becoming a problem.
2: Uh, that's already a problem. Yeah. Pump the brakes.
0: Oh, so you're not pumping the brakes, I should say, on that one. I take it back. Because it is a problem.
2: Oh, yeah. It oh, most definitely yeah. is a problem. Mm-hmm. How you finish down the stretch matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you've seen great teams, you saw the you saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just last year. Yep, they were ba- they were basically team. a a five hundred team yeah. midway through the season. Bruce and then Arian
0: said it was Week Twelve, their bye week. They figured they, it out they, and then they, it, they it didn't did. lose again. Yeah. Won so, everything on the road in the postseason. Mm-hmm. you got to win in December. Eight and 18 yep. after week seven since being hired in 2019. That's not good.
2: Look at Bill Belichick and, and, and how he treats the first part of the NFL season. The first right. month, he yeah. treats that like a preseason. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really care. I mean, if he's Figures one and out. three, two and two, he don't care. But you see them always turn it on, and once they get to December, they're yeah. generally playing their best well, football.
1: And I, you know, we didn't have time to talk about it. I was going to talk about Bill Belichick and see if he did figure it out this year. And, obviously, he's got the body of work that Cliff Kingsbury doesn't have. Sure. But what the Patriots are doing is similar to what the Cardinals are doing. Lost Minus streak. yesterday. Well, no. You know, the fact that you know they lost that game at home, they've lost hmm. two, two of three. Yeah. yeah, two of three. They were on a seven-game win yeah. streak. They lost. They two were the straight.
2: top seed in the AFC. Oh, you're saying at home. They, they yeah. lost, they're, they're three and five, I think, at home yeah. this year.
1: So, obviously – you know, he's got some runway that Cliff Kingsbury doesn't have. Correct. But this year's edition of <laughs> the, the, the Patriots feels a lot like this year's edition of the Cardinals. But specifically to Cliff finger it, it's, a, it's a problem. And, you know, at some point, though, you know, and I talked about this at the beginning of the season, where I'm fine giving Cliff Kingsbury all the blame. And I'm like, what about the general manager? Well, he did his job. But then I also have a question about this quarterback, you know, because um, – you look at him, his performance in this stretch, mm. uh, he's getting called out more so now. It's very apparent, you know, I don't know if it's maturity or leadership or whatever it is. You Com- know, it,
2: combination of both.
1: You know, you see him on the sideline, you know, it's fine. Again, Tom Brady has the body of work. He can bust a, a, a whatever it's called, a Microsoft Pro mm. on the sideline. Well, tablet. Know, Kyler Murray doesn't have that, uh, that.
2: But is it though? Is it though? Is it okay for Tom Brady? Because Tom Brady does a lot of childish things. Like we talked about off the air. If you, you go got over six rings, a, can't you do it? No, because I don't think it's ever going to send a great message to run to another sideline and, and tell the D coordinator okay, to F off B. That, that, that's never. That, that, well, nothing done. about that shows leadership. Well done. Nothing, n- right? nothing about that says passion. Right. That just says ball brat. That's all that says. So and throwing the tablet—that says spoiled. The entire party. spoiled. Yes, professional athlete. that's that's what that says. That doesn't right. say anything about leadership.
1: Well, then, then I stand corrected. And no, I, I, but, but no, it, you're right. I get it. No, that's just get my opinion. It. No, and I get it. But I'm just saying, like, if if you know, if I sit here and try to in this conversation to compare Kyler Murray and criticize right. Tom Brady, right. I'm saying. At least Tom Brady has six rings. So if we wanna if we wanna give him some, right, latitude, some latitude, that's yeah, I got the latitude. You. I got. You. But whatever's happening with this head coach, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it, they're inexplicably or inic- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're that late, was right. They're hooked up together. Yeah. What Cliff does, Kyler does, and Kyler does, Cliff does. Yeah, yeah. You know, so Cliff calls bad plays when Kyler doesn't execute. Yeah. When Kyler executes, wow, what a play call. He's a genius. Right. right? So.
2: And ultimately, what a genius Steve Kime is. Right?
1: right. Yeah, so th- this is, you know. It's we, all linked. You look at Works these the three, plan. GM, coach, and quarterback.
2: They're all tied together. Right. And it kind of makes you wonder what's going on in, in New York, how they're still all connected, yeah. how those guys got the vote mm. of confidence.
0: Eight yeah. and 18 mm. after week seven since 2019. That's hard, that's hard to argue. Yeah. Uh, next one. The Bengals are the first team in NFL history to have a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and two Two. 1,000-yard receivers all 25 years of age or younger in the same season. Two receivers. So pump the brakes or not, the Bengals are going to be the kings of the north for quite a while in the AFC. Pump the brakes. Who else is?
2: Uh, there's a guy in Baltimore who's already been a league MVP, mm-hmm. and when he's healthy and has a full arsenal of weapons to choose from, he is going to be a guy that is going to halt a lot of that success from other teams.
1: Yes, but Baltimore has never, ever given him what Joe Burrow has. Yeah, all of that of around
2: of them? Of weapons. Outside receivers, yeah.
3: Take
1: those yeah. weapons and put them in Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Because that's been the knock all along. It's like, you know, what's happened in Baltimore has happened because that front office has not focused on offensive support for him. It's happened.
2: They've tried, though. They've they've spent their last two first-round picks on receivers. Hollywood Brown and so forth. And then you had the the kid from from Baylor this year, uh, Bateman. Did they not try? I mean, if it didn't work out, I mean, that's kind of on the player. But. Their thinking and how they went about trying to add pieces to help Lamar was right. But you can't predict your two starting running backs going out before the season even starts. So now you're putting the whole running game on him and you're asking him to not only rush the ball, but you're asking him to throw the ball, maybe go catch the ball a few times after he throws it. I mean, they want him to be Mr. Everything.
1: Well, you know, whatever the answer is, uh, it's going to be fun to watch this rivalry develop. Cause yeah. you can oh, without see question. It. Yeah, you can without see question. It, right? And I think, you know, we talked, I can't remember if we were recording or not, but we talked about Cleveland and Pittsburgh are kind of on the down, yep. downslide for different reasons. Yeah. Cleveland thought they had their young quarterback, he missed on it. And Ben Roethlisberger, maybe he should have retired Ooh. already, but Ooh. if, uh, you know, he's done. Um, but, th- you know, this this whole, and the other thing, and we talked about it, the rivalry. Rivalry involves a lot of trash talking back and forth. You know the, the that's starting the week, up. Yeah, yep. I think I think this this Baltimore Cincinnati thing, however it plays out, it's going to be fascinating to watch.
2: Kind of reminds me of the old NFC East. Remember when the Eagles yeah. and the the, the, yeah. the Washington Football Team used to go at it, and the Cowboys and the Giants? I mean, all four of those teams, I think, in one point in the '80s, all won an, a, a world championship. So yeah. it, it was extremely competitive, and and there was a lot of. Uh, in fighting, if you will, a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, beating up on each other, if you will, yeah. and and uh, I think you can see along those same lines in the AFC North.
0: All right, our next one. These are these are jobs that we all know are going to be open because they already are, or okay. are or are assuming, right, yep. with high yep. probability, yep. of the Jags, Raiders, mm-hmm. Broncos, and Bears. The Broncos should be the most desirable option.
2: Bump the brakes and i'll quote my former coach mike shanahan if you're going into a new situation what is your quarterback situation and what what is your head coach and what is your general manager Mm -hmm. if those three situations aren't right get the hell out and that's the problem with the
0: broncos because their roster guys if you look at it top to bottom talent wise
2: not bad it's pretty damn good they just can't figure out the coach and the quarterback that's the problem but so if, if you're, you're the, the coach, coach going there. If you're the coach, if you're trying to figure out who your coach is, he needs to know who the quarterback and who's the general manager Sure, Because the person that's going to be in charge of him and the guy that he's in charge of, they're going to be linked. In, you're going to so, be on the string. So
0: Bears have a young quarterback. Uh, Raiders have Carr for one more year. But who at, is at going steal. to be? Who
2: is going to be? Is it going to be Pace? Is Pace going to be the GM? Are they going to give him another opportunity in Chicago? Yes. Doesn't look like it. They're already talking about moving Okay, on. so if you're a, if you're a coach, or you're a, prote- a prospective coach, mm-hmm. you've got a quarterback, but you don't know who's going to be giving you getting you the groceries to go out there and yeah. be that successful team. So, so
0: do we? But, so let's go through because each let's use that criteria on these four. Okay. All right. So Broncos, they have the ownership issues. They have no quarterback, so that, that they don't fit. Uh, Bears, They GM, got, a quarterback, but they got the quarterback you don't know. You don't know Potential. about the GM. You don't, don't know about the GM. And if we're being real, we don't know about the quarterback. We I know like, about the I like what I've seen so far. I but, like him. Um, Raiders have the quarterback that can win games for you. Don't know if the GM's going to be there They're going to blow him out because he's so, tied to Gruden. Yep. So Mike Mayock's probably gone. Well, even without the
1: Gruden connection, there's
2: – Yeah, he hasn't been you great. You tell us.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not, not great,
1: no. And then uh, the Jags. Do they fit the bill?
2: They got a quarterback. Who the heck is the GM? In, in and their basketball? owner is,
1: is – I go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. This guy's been the one calling the shots all along, so do you trust this guy to do the right thing? So are any of them great? No. 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 no.
2: no. That's why we pumped the brakes. Yeah. And so that's why
1: if the Jets were in this conversation, the Giants were in this conversation,
2: for thing. some reason I think the not. Giants
1: are going to end up being in that conversation.
2: Who are they? They've already said they're going to bring back the, the coach and the quarterback. This is crazy to me. Daniel
0: so, Jones and company. I just – there's always at least one every year. We get one on what do they call it, Black Monday. Black Monday. The, every year we get one. Who's so that going to be? be? You know, maybe some. Maybe it's a maybe it's a job that opens up, you know, beyond these. But I I, I think the Broncos like roster.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I can see that Minnesota.
2: Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs, yeah, yeah. I, can I, I can see that. You
1: you had the line of the uh, the year when we were talking about uh, Kirk Cousins. All the no, empty calories.
2: Empty calories, man.
1: I was watching that game yesterday. Like it was close.
2: But it wasn't.
1: I never thought that the
2: yeah. the,
3: the
1: Rams were going to lose that game.
0: No,
2: nope. yeah. not ever. Not no. at one Not in one no. moment of that game.
0: All right. So another quarterback that gets a lot of people. People a lot of people aren't bought into yet. Playing tonight. Matter of fact, as we're recording this, they just kicked Whoa. off. The Dolphins have won six straight games. Has Tua done enough to sell himself as the future quarterback in Miami? Yes. Pump the brakes or not? So yes.
2: Yes, yes. I think he has. I agree. The thing that's been troubling towards Tua is his availability. It's not his ability, it's availability. Right. And of course, in order to be great, you have to be available and able. So I understand where people may have cause for pause, but when he's been in there and he's been able to throw the ball healthy, this team has responded to him. And you look at the fact that his first round draft pick was his ex-teammate, Jalen Waddell. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of chemistry together on that field. And you can see it when they're actually together. So I look at this team and and they've got to continue to build, they've got a nice defense. Coach Flores has done a great job of building up defense. He knows how to navigate the AFC East because he once upon a time was a D coordinator for that guy, Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. So everybody's not going to have that up-and-coming quarterback. I mean, you can't have 32 up-and-coming quarterbacks. Like somebody's got to be a veteran and somebody's got to be young and somebody's got to be middle of the road. Tua Tungvalu is probably going to be one of those middle-of-the-road guys, even though he's only in his third year after this year. So, are you going to try to dump him and try to go get somebody else? I don't think so. Because at that point... There was all the Watson talk. I I mean, there was. But now you can't trade for him because he's not available to be traded. You know what I mean? So, that. That's gonna be a. That's gonna be one that's gonna really shift the balance to me in a conference or another. Where Deshaun Watson goes next, up. I think he wherever ends up. In, ends up. So I,
1: I, he can't. I, he can't be traded till the start of the new league year now, which March, is March sixteen, yeah. twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. You know, will will all whatever this is hanging over his head? Will it get by then settled out? If he ends and up there in there Denver, coming from mm. the league? That's the other thing. You if, know,
0: if he ends up in Denver or Denver finds a way to trade for Aaron Rodgers, like it's. Well, Russell Wilson, Russell or Russell Wilson. Or Russell Wilson, even.
1: This is going to be another I'm fascinating you, offseason with the quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. Hate that team, but I give them credit. That's yeah. a hell of a roster. Uh, okay. A little pop culture here. So, you, a lot of people ring in the new year with a spirit or two, mm-hmm. right? You know, I like my service, Sean. I Pump the brakes or not. Lay's potato chips releasing a vodka. No. Pump giving the it a shot. Pump the brakes. Hell. I have yet to find a What's that stay in
2: your lane? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to taste vodka I don't is made taste primarily potato chips of when I'm potatoes. drinking.
1: It's true. Very what a salty. Pota- what are potato chips made of salty? Salt.
3: Potatoes.
2: potatoes. Yeah. It's a potato company. That's what I'm saying. Makes sense. No, it does not make sense because they are seen and viewed so differently in in and of themselves that they don't match. Like very few people are gonna drink vodka and eat Lay's potato, potato chips at the same time. <laughs> it's they're, 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 they're not a compliment to <laughs> one another. It is a weird, it is a
0: weird combo. It's sold out already. The bottles were selling for forty bucks a pop. Sold out in the gimmicky. same day.
1: It's gimmicky. Forty bucks a pop. It's like when I it. bought the. It's like yeah. when I bought the KFC fire log. It's gimmicky. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Yeah, it didn't cost it it forty so bucks, right? It smelled so good. It wasn't no forty-dollar log. It was not a forty-dollar log. Eighteen dollars, maybe. It's oh, craziness.
0: Wow. So we're pumping the brakes for you, Gross. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, um, pump, pump. It. Staying up to watch the ball
2: drop this week. Pump the brakes. For pump, you? pump the pump brakes. The, brakes. <laughs> Get the hell out of here! Look, it's 12 o'clock somewhere. I usually watch New York's ball drop. Thank you. All right. And all right. I'm I'm out of here now? by 10 by 10:01, 10:02, I'm gone. Because mm-hmm. that's about my limit on New Year's. At this point, who gives a damn? I, see, I agree. You know what? It's January 1 at 8 in the morning, too. Yeah. I can celebrate then.
1: I agree. I, uh, I yeah. can't tell you the last time so I saw you. we're pumping New York. them
2: for you, too. <laughs> oh, really?
1: And I thought it was because I was, again,
2: old. It ain't got nothing to do with old. It's yeah. a preference. Because I agree Why with do that I too. need to be up at midnight to, to see the clock go to twelve zero 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 zero? You know what else is it going on? It used
0: to feel like a bigger deal. Is that an age thing? I mean, it used to feel like a bigger it's deal, right? It's a culture right? thing. Like it's 80, a culture 80s thing. 80s er- things get old.
1: Yeah. I need my beauty rest, man.
0: Like, 80s and early
2: 90s, it just felt like this massive thing, right? Yeah. Oh, New Year. But you know what also used to be big back in the day? Uh-huh. Head and shoulders. It's true. When was the last time you used head and shoulders? Couldn't tell you. When's the last time you used Pert Plus?
0: Oh, that's a name I've heard in a Pert Plus. The Pert Plus. <laughs> 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 Body on top. <laughs> oil, oil of Olay. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you still use Oil of Olay? And a loofah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hold up. You don't have oil la and a in the shop. No,
0: <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> Way to go, Gross. Hey.
3: <laughs>
2: oh. oh man. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome sauce right there. That's awesome sauce. But I just think with <laughs> with, with, with certain things nice over time, mm-hmm. yes, in certain things in time, they just it, it just fades out. And I think watching the ball drop yeah. to midnight—it's it, just faded out. Agree. I can't
0: tell the last. And the time. whole like rock New Year's rock and eve programming—it's nah, like eh. man, get it out of here. Yeah. You know what's here. going
1: on in Arizona though? It's uh, it's fireworks season. Oh gosh. It is going. Yo, on.
0: my neighborhood on New Year's night. What started on Christmas? Blows night. up Christmas. Who it's blowing start, up fireworks on
1: Christmas. Every night this week because Beans and I cornbread and beans we <laughs> <laughs> we go out I our, love that That's, e- you
0: nailed that one take our Absolutely evening love stroll that. around 9, 30, 10 o'clock
1: oh, yeah. and it is loud yeah. already yeah. and it's going to build to a crescendo
2: yeah. on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's right.
0: It does. My neighborhood that's blows up. up, man. Yeah. A lot of families, you know,
2: kids blowing up. It's crazy. Cool. Don't, you know, on a serious note, the only thing I hate about that, though, is somebody inevitably always lets off a few rounds and, and unfortunately somebody, mm-hmm. you know, meets their untimely demise. So yeah. I just wish or people injuries. would be more Be smart. Be more responsible. Right. You know, Hospitals are
1: overtaxed this year.
2: You don't want to Already. Yeah. You don't have to deal with somebody, some Yahoo, you know, shooting the gun in the air and then some unsuspecting And it person. can
1: happen. Look at uh, uh, Jason Pierre Paul. I mean, I mean Oh, Change okay, his whole
2: career. Keep the keep the keep the fireworks out of your hands. That's one. Lay them on the ground and light them like we used to do, uh. and then run away like everybody else. You yeah. know what I mean? Stop it. Because uh, speaking of, what was your favorite? What was your favorite? Uh, fireworks. Mine was black cats. It's See, like, we used to yeah. have black cat wars.
0: Yeah, <laughs> chuck them at each other. Chuck them at each other. Man, the we black had one. Wars. I don't even remember what it is, what it's called, but it had a hole on each side, and when you lit it, it spun, and yes. it almost looked like a, yes. like a glowing and it ball. Yes. It, it kind of hopped a little bit. And the, made a wizard uh, whiz- yeah. sound. So we were lighting those when we were kids. We had a really close-knit neighborhood, right? It was kind of a back street, and all the families were first-time homeowners, and they all had kids in the same age group. We yep. had a really fun group. But we lit one, and the wind kind of took it. It hopped like twice, and it took off and landed on top of my neighbor's roof. Uh-oh. Oh, we didn't know what to do, man. We took off running, and we're looking from afar. Thank Did it God. catch? No, no, it nothing. Fizzled? It fizzled oh, out. Good. Thank God. But I, black cats are fun, too. You're right. You can toss them at each other, or you can light the whole damn pack at a time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Shout out
1: to my friend Paul Westrick growing up in uh, beautiful uh, Michigan. We lived kind of out, and he, was, he his brothers were out in, in the woods, and we climbed up mm-hmm. a tree and he put fire uh, firecrackers in a pine cone and wow. lit it and dropped it on his brothers when they were coming back. Wow. On a pine cone. In a pine cone. That's now, Michigan, a- the issues that you have in Michigan yes. are not the same that you have in Arizona. That's
0: amazing. Yeah.
1: That's you awesome got size. people
0: now in neighborhoods shooting up legit like fireworks that you would see on the Fourth of July.
2: Yeah, the we Roman drive candles, to me is Roman great. candles were used always fun. We used to sit across the street and fire them at each other. Yeah,
0: well, Roman candles are one thing. These people are shooting the big tube. Yeah, like you would see on the Fourth of July yeah. in somebody's neighborhood.
1: I stopped to that's get that's a little much. I stopped to get gas on the reservation in New Mexico when we were coming back, mm-hmm. and walked into the restroom and in the back they had the, their fireworks section, mm. and I put a picture on uh, on Twitter. I said, "Do you ever want to see what a box of seven or what seven hundred dollars will buy you in fireworks?" Here you go. Like mm. it was.
0: 700. It was this
1: huge box of God knows what. Right. Half of it, probably not, even in Arizona, not legal. Wow. It was on the reservation, so wow. you can buy whatever you want. All right, so we're not drinking the lace. No. And no. we're
0: not staying up till midnight. No. No. All right, I'm with you. Whoa. Let's pump the brakes. Hard. Is that mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. That time. About that time. Uh, all right. I have no idea why I stand up. You I just. Know why you, I have you no idea. You know why you stand up. Mm. I'm just going to push the buttons, and here we go. So the glasses are on. That's step one for this particular portion of the program. That's right. Step two, B-Train's going to give us a dad joke. No matter what, dad joke's getting one of these. If it's a good dad joke. (laughs) If it's over the top, and we're going to tell all of our friends. But there is that uh, chance. Where it just doesn't land.
1: (sighs) I don't even need to hear this, but you ain't pushing.
0: Hopefully we land in the middle
2: of B-Train's Diagram on a shirt tie. Here we go. All right. Let's see. Just got hospitalized due to a -a peekaboo accident. Uh Uh-oh. They put me in the ICU. (laughs) That's good. That's good.
0: (laughs) It's good.
1: I think the lead up now is getting better than the jokes. (laughs) It is. The glasses. It's becoming a performance. And the performance is becoming
0: top notch. I'm just
3: reading.
1: He I put mean, me in the IC. Reading IC. is Have from our normal. own awards category. Best performance in the presentation <laughs> of a dad joke. Bertrand Berry. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Actually, need... yeah.
2: Bertrand Berry. He's yeah. dominating the category. Doing a presidential wave. Thank you very hi, much. Hi. I'll be here hi. all week. I'd like to thank all the little people that helped me get here. <laughs> Get
1: us uh, out oh, of here. Oh, man, that's yeah, going to do, do it whatever. for episode 58 of Train and Gross. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Have a happy and safe New Year, mm-hmm. and we'll see you in 2022. We'll holler.